It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh, sorry. Sounded good, didn't it? What's up, guys? Uh, I just wanted to let you know about this episode that I just recorded with my boy Thomas Sewell. Uh, I titled it The Ordinary Guy. He came in here and uh, talked about uh, you know how I've had uh, current athletes, ex-athletes, guys that uh, he would think has a better story than him. But I'll tell you what, his story was great. Great conversation. Talked about his recent trip to Ireland, uh, his trip to the Guinness um, Brewery, and uh, other great places to visit outside of Dublin, which I thought was really cool. I've never been to Ireland, so it was really cool to hear that and, and uh, um, understand, uh, you know, some of his uh, ideas of uh, a trip out there. So that was cool. We talked about uh, how him and I played softball together. Um, some hobbies, some things that he likes to do, things that I like to do, i.e. this podcast, some building furniture, uh, some building furniture, really, Uh, (laughs) how we both like to build some furniture. Uh, I'll put some pictures up um, as I uh, put this out, and he's going to send me some pictures as well of uh, our craftsmanship, and uh, some breweries that we like to go visit, conversation around that, and uh, we topped it off with Christmas, and uh, he gave me some Good questions and uh, talked about some favorite movies, some other things, gifts, all that stuff. Good stories. It was fun, uh, as always. I, have never, I haven't said that I haven't had fun on one of these. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. As always, follow me on Instagram. Share their, your stories. Let me know you're listening. DM me. Send me an email. Two cents worth podcast at Gmail. Sensworthpod is my Twitter. Two cents worth podcast is my Instagram. Let me know you're listening. Let me know where you're listening, how you heard me, and uh, share it with your friends, family, coworkers, anybody. Just get the word out that this is a, a podcast that you enjoy and hopefully others are enjoying and um, that we can have a person like an ordinary guy, Thomas Sewell, uh, to come out and have conversation. We don't have to have big-name people, and then sometimes we will have big-name people and different types of people from all walks of life, and it's a great show. I appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Uh, sit back, enjoy it, have a great Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Welcome to Two Cents Worth. I'm your host, Ryan Faber. I'm here with Mr. Thomas Sewell. Thomas, say hello. Hey there. So we are here. This is going to be the uh, Christmas holiday podcast, but uh, we'll, we'll get onto that and we'll talk about other things. We're going to talk about sports, your athletic career. Uh, we're going to talk about how you got to Charlotte, some teams, some predictions for the upcoming bowls, because... Uh, you're an Alabama fan. I'm a Notre Dame fan, so we have some uh, skin in the game this year, and uh, some side hobbies and everything in between. It's just going to be an hour or so of conversation. Um, first podcast? Uh, yeah. It first is. podcast you've ever done. Okay. Number one rule of podcast is don't be intimidated by my incredible good looks. <laughs> wow. That's going to be tough, but uh, noted. Thank you. Yep. Try and hold it together. All right. So... First question, I always do it for guests. Tell us about yourself in a couple minutes. Who is Thomas Sewell? Yeah, so I, I wanted to make a quick point. Okay, go ahead. Because, you know, in listening to your podcasts, 
let's see, we've had uh, a British guy, mm-hmm. good friend of mine, Steve Fielding. Um, we've had a pit crew yep. chief. Coach. Okay. Coach. Yeah. Right. Professional athlete. Yep. And your wife. Right? Yep. All right. And then there's me. So. Nope. We've had Chastain. Okay. Chastain. Matt. And then his wife is this week's, mm-hmm. the 16th of December, which is the day we're recording. I, I released hers today. So she's not an athlete. She's just, a, she's a business owner. Okay. Uh, my buddy, Mike Claudio, business owner, CrossFitter. Oh, all right. And then, uh, yeah, ex major league baseball player and ex NFL player. And then there's you. All but right. you know what? Well, it that doesn't like matter. I'm, it sounds like I'm the first normal person to be on your podcast. No, Chastain was. <laughs> well, Chastain throws the ball faster than I That's can. That's true. So. That's true. Um, but yeah, so uh, normal guy. Um, I uh, have been living in Charlotte for seven years now. I'm originally from Georgia. I was born in South Georgia, grew up in Atlanta. Okay. And then moved back to South Georgia for college and then made my way up here to Charlotte. So um, I have, like I said, been here for seven years, met my wife here, and yeah, I've done nothing but work and play men's recreational softball ever since. Athlete. Yeah, yeah, some would say. I mean, I'm the leadoff batter, so obviously <laughs> I have a lot of speed. Um, and you know, that's a, it's a league full of athletes mm-hmm. and when somebody puts you in the leadoff spot, it's, it's hard to deny your ability. The fact that I'm in the league just speaks volumes. The fact that it is a league of athletes. It does. And we're on the same team. So that just makes me even better. Mm-hmm. And I haven't played in about six weeks. Mm-hmm. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Did we win the championship? We did not. Um, oh. well, apparently that's I didn't hear from anybody. Apparently we, I, I was out of town. Um, but apparently, we got run-ruled back-to-back games uh, to walk away with second place. Okay. Uh, a very long season. Yes. What felt like six months, because we are in the middle of December and we just finished playing. That's right. Um, yeah. And for, for those listeners who are interested in joining this particular <laughs> softball league, my advice would be to not... Because <laughs> um, typically we will play one game and then have four weeks worth of rainouts. Yep. And then play another game and then have two weeks worth of rainouts, then a holiday. Mm-hmm. Then we play again. And then we typically have two weeks worth of buys and then we make it yeah, to the I didn't, championship. I didn't game. understand the playoffs this year how we had a buy, played a game, and then had another buy and then played a game. Not, not quite sure how that works. I don't understand how that works, I, unless it was just a forfeit, but I don't know how it was a buy. All right, so you grew up in Georgia. You got up here. You've been here seven years. I've known you the whole seven years you've been here. That's right. Um, we used to work together and then uh, stayed in contact with softball. Uh, brothers and sisters, one sister, right? Yep, I've got an older sister. Her and her husband live in Smyrna, Georgia, so just a uh, suburb just north of Atlanta. Atlanta? Okay. Um she owns her own business, and he works for a watercraft company. So he uh, is uh, at a director level and runs business operations for uh, for one of their divisions. So uh, they're there in Atlanta. Um, and my parents have uh, retired and moved to Lake Hartwell, uh, which is conveniently... Right Clemson, right? It is, um, but it's conveniently the halfway point between where I'm at now mm. and where I'm from originally. So... Um, 
it's a it's easy drive down to uh, down 85 and it's nice to uh have your parents live full-time on a lake so it's a great place to visit to be with family and also get out on the boat and relax and yeah that's nice drink beers and where's your wife from uh, my wife is from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, so, That's right. I forgot about that. And actually, you know, speaking of halfway points again, we are halfway between my parents and halfway between her parents. So it's a perfect uh, spot geographically for us to be. So Plus, no one really wants to live in Fayetteville? <laughs> I, uh, no comment. No comment. <laughs> I, I, I planned on having my in-laws listen to this over the holidays. But... Oh, well, no. I mean, it's a great place. <laughs> it's wonderful to be there. Yeah, no, it's a great place because that's where my wife is from. So. Mm-hmm. Brownie good points. answer. Brownie points. Good answer. Yeah. See, I, I've been married 11 years, so I'm not trying to get brownie points anymore. You ever go to Spring Hill, Florida, you drive right through it. <laughs> okay, people? Don't stop. There's nothing to see. There's nothing to do. I promise you. There's a lot of meth. Oh, well. But, you know, that's just Florida for you. That is. The troubled is. state of Florida. Well, I've been married for two years, so I'm still trying to earn my stripes. So. Oh, yeah. You're in the honeymoon phase. And actually, you just came back from your anniversary trip. That's right. right? Is that what it was to Ireland? It was. So um, we went to Ireland for 10 days uh, for our second anniversary trip. Um, We rented a car and drove all across Ireland. So I think when everything's said and done, we ended up going to, let's see, the 10 days we were there, we went to nine different places in Ireland. Hmm. Um, and it was just incredible. I, I, don't, I don't. Have you been to Ireland? I've never been to Ireland. Um, so for for people who who haven't been to Ireland, um, it is an absolute bucket list trip you you have to make. Uh, you know, you see all these amazing pictures and you hear all these great things about the country, uh, but when you actually get there and see it with your own eyes, it's it's even better than than the pictures are, and even better than the stories that you hear. Um, you know, the scenery is fantastic. The landscape, I mean, everything is as green as you could imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's just outrageous how green stuff is. And, you know, culturally, it's just a great place. And, you know, uh, from a historical perspective, it's such an old place. You know, we went to the oldest bar in all of Ireland and I think it was, I think it was built in 1182. (laughs) Yeah, see here in in America, we think like a hundred year old thing is is old, where they have something that's eight hundred years yeah. old. Yeah, or like if you see a Shoney's or a Denny's, it's like, man, that you want to talk about history? There it is. <laughs> that thing's been around since you know nineteen ninety six. I mean, and it's classic. So, and we put a historical sign next to it. That's right, as we should. What was for anybody going to Ireland? What was the must do after being there ten days? All right, so um, quick, I'll give you just a quick list of the must-dos in Ireland. Um, one, experience Dublin, but do not spend all of your time in Dublin. Uh, Dublin is an awesome city, but it is a very international city, so it's easy to get distracted with uh, you know, the Irish culture. Yeah. Um, or yeah, I should say it's easy to get distracted by all of the other uh, you know, things going on and cultures that are there um, you know, that you'll miss what Ireland is really known for. And that's, you know, the scenic views and the countryside. So my, my advice would be to rent a car Mm -hmm. and ask a local in your very first stop. Hey, if it, where should I go? I'm not from here. I'm from the U S where should I go? 
and wherever they tell you to go, get in the car and drive there. Um, when you get there, find a little pub, go into that pub, grab a pint of Guinness or a glass of whiskey, and then ask another person, hey, where's the next place we should go? Um, we we, we kind of did that. We had, we had an agenda planned out, um, but we really didn't want to plan out too much because we wanted to just kind of go with the flow and, and take advice and suggestions from some of the locals. Um, so one, drive the countryside. Okay. Um, it's not as bad as people say driving on the opposite, opposite. side of the road and the opposite side of the car. Um, it was a little bit intimidating to start with. We were sitting in the Enterprise parking lot at Dublin Airport, and I had to, you know, I kind of psyched myself out a little bit. And, he's, and my wife was like, uh, her name's Loran, so I'll just call her Loran for the rest of the podcast. But um, Which is her real name. He's not just going to call her Loran. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she was like, so are we going to go? And this is about five minutes of me sitting behind the wheel. And I'm like, just give me one more minute. I'm just visualizing what's about to take place. Um, so pull out of the parking lot and the very first thing is this massive roundabout which uh again for those of you maybe who haven't traveled to european countries or been to ireland per se but um they don't have a uh, very many stoplights it's all roundabouts mm -hmm. so taking a roundabout the opposite way of what you're used to <laughs> um is a great test right off the bat um so if you pass that you should be good to go yeah um so yeah one drive the countryside in a car uh, two, go to the Cliffs of Moher. They Cliffs are, of Moher, I've heard of it. Um, they're on the West Coast, and it is, I think they range from, at its highest point, I think it's 600, a 600-foot 600 cliff. Mm. Uh, it's about a five-mile stretch of these insanely steep cliffs. I mean, they go straight down, and it's the Atlantic Ocean, but okay. for those of us from the East Coast, we know the Atlantic Ocean. Um, is completely different on, on the other Not side, the side. Um, and it was cool to see it from that perspective. But it's just violent waters, and um, and the wind. The wind is insanely fierce. Uh, while we were there, we were fortunate enough to have really good visibility, but we had uh, I think it was like thirty to thirty-five mile an hour winds. So it was um, it, it was a little a uh, little scary being on the edge of a six hundred foot cliff, and not knowing when that massive gust of wind was going to come. So oh, I'm sure it was, uh, it was, it was incredible just to see it, uh, you know, with my own eyes, I've seen it in pictures, like I said, but seeing it, uh, seeing it in real life was phenomenal. And there is actually, uh, there's another place in Ireland. It's, it's kind of funny. It's, it's, uh, it's called Dingle. So it is this peninsula on the, the Dingle Peninsula. It, it is called the Dingle Peninsula. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I shouldn't laugh cause no, 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 it's, it's definitely something, uh, to laugh about. Uh, but it is phenomenal. Um, and their, their mascot is this dolphin. Um, and I actually, I can't think of the name of the dolphin, but it's this dolphin. Dingle the dolphin. Dingle the dolphin sounds is good. Is what we're going to call you know, it. For the, for the sake of the, for the sake of the I only have show. like a couple of UK listeners, so <laughs> I won't offend a lot of people. Well, I, um, I think I looked at your stats and there was maybe one person in Ireland. And it was probably was, me while I was over there. There was one download in Ireland, which probably was, was probably when you were there. You're like, hey, Loran, yeah. we're driving around. I got to listen Let's to something. Let's listen to this podcast. But, um, <laughs> uh, Dingle is, it's incredible. There's, uh, like I said, it's a peninsula, so they have these really massive beaches. So it's like when you, you know, what we would have over here, we'd have the, you know, sand dunes and mm -hmm. then, you know, maybe a couple 20, 30 yards of beach 
and in the ocean, it's this huge beach. And it's almost like it's hard to see the water when you're standing on the beach because it's so big. It's like hundreds of yards. So we did that, and um, that is like the start of, I think it's called the Dingle Loop, which... (laughs) Um, I'm going to look this up while you're yeah, talking Yeah, yeah, check it, it out. Um, but it's this scenic <laughs> drive around scenic drive around the Dingle Peninsula. Um, but that is, uh, I highly recommend uh, going and seeing uh, the Dingle while you're there. It's in County Kerry. That's right, that's right. So, it, and that's the way they describe, in Ireland, You ha- it's sectioned off into these counties, but they put county in front of the actual name. So, County Cork, County yeah. Kerry... Uh, things like that but um oh yeah you're way down there yeah yeah so we went from dublin to kilkenny yeah kilkenny to killarney mm-hmm. killarney to Tralee, Tralee to limerick limerick to galway galway to sligo and then sligo back to dublin I was following all the way until Sligo. Where's Sligo? Sligo is so you have Ireland and right. then you have Northern Ireland. Oh, I got it. You go. Right. You went north. Oh, it's the north part of Ireland, not Northern Ireland, because uh, those are two. Separate yeah, they are places. two separate countries, and they are. You do not get those mixed no, no, no. up. No, no, no. No, I think they war over it. Yeah, that is that is correct. Um, and our uh, British friend uh, before mentioned something relative to. Um, I guess Northern Ireland is a part of the UK. Is that yeah? Okay. One or the other is. God, it's terrible. We're, I know. I didn't take we're really notes during that these podcast. People but, don't worry. Again, yeah. like I said, five or six people <laughs> from the UK are listening, and, and I don't even think he was really confident that they were part That's of it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are the biggest things. I would say um, drive the countryside, check out the Cliffs of Moore, um, go to the Guinness factory. I was going to say, did you go to the Guinness factory? We went factory? to the Guinness factory. And you know that that's was, a dollar lease they have? It is, it is. Um, I'm sure they told you the whole story. They did. So the tour is incredible. I, I would, um, I, I've taken brewery tours before, um, but this is, I mean, it's epic. You know, it, it's actually the tallest building in Dublin. So Dublin doesn't mm-hmm. have high-rise buildings. So the tallest building. It's like building, Washington, D.C. Right. So seven, seven floors. Okay. Seven stories. Um, but uh, each level, each floor is a different part of the you know the brewery tour. So you you start off in the gift shop, right? They get your, you know, they kind of like get your appetite going a mm-hmm. little bit. You, it's this massive gift gift shop with all these different things, and they tell you about you know it's a dollar lease, um, and tell you some of the you know intro historic facts about um, about the Guinness factory. They call it the Guinness Storehouse. Okay. Um, so anyways, and they're like, all right, well, have at it. And it's this um, self-guided tour uh, through the brewery. And it walks you through, you know, how the beer's made, obviously, and where they get their water from and where they get, you know, all this and how tall their hops plants grow and different things like that. And then you go to, you know, from that to uh, one of the floors is uh, all about the marketing of Guinness. Okay. So it has all of the different mascots and taglines and different things like that. Um, so it's cool to see, you know, the evolution of the marketing for, uh, for Guinness. Um, and maybe they're listening and I can get some free Guinness out of this, but, um, they're probably not. I would, you know what? Maybe <laughs> you never know. I'll well, tag we'll them. We can send it to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, you know, you work your way up and eventually get to the very top, um, which is the observatory. And that's the highest point in all of Dublin. 
and it's a 360 degree panoramic view of the city. Um, and so, that's where you that's where you get your first glass, right? No, no. So I'm I don't know at this point I'm you're a four, couple in four. Oh, okay, I thought that um, was where you get your first pint. No, so down on maybe four, like the fourth floor, um, they teach you how to pour to properly pour a pint so, of Guinness. So tell us. Because um, I know, because I've so, had people have gone and I've watched it, but so how actually, do you properly pour and take a sip? Um, I didn't do that. Oh. And here and here's why. They just started this um, new program, I'll call it, um, three, four weeks ago, or I'm sorry, three or four weeks prior to us actually being there. And you were there in November. Yep. So people knew. <clears throat> and um, it's called a Stouty. So okay. when, when you get to the second level... They take a picture of you. So like a selfie, right? Uh-huh. Um, so Lorraine and I took a selfie. It was a professional photographer or whatever. So took a selfie. And then when we got to the level where they teach you how to pour a Guinness, you could do that. Or if you paid the extra $12, you can go to the other side. And they take you into like a private uh, pouring room. And they pour you a Guinness. And then they put the Guinness into this machine. Mm-hmm. And when it comes out, your selfie is in the head oh, of the sick. Guinness. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, they. I was just so fascinated by it that I really missed the, the, the story. Yeah. But I believe um, it is a malted barley extract technology that puts your picture into the, the head of the, the Guinness or the foam. And it's insane how like it it looks like you would take a selfie and look at it on your phone i mean it was unbelievable did you take a picture of it oh absolutely yeah yeah and um i'll 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 show it to you obviously sorry for those who can't see it but well send it to me i will and and i'll put it on instagram when we put when we put this out so people can see what i'm actually what we're talking about here well and you know and the creepy part about it is you could get halfway through the guinness and it's still there and you're it's a little distorted but it's still there. Oh my god, <laughs> that's ridiculous. It's insane. It looks like an old photograph. It does. It's like a like a um, when you go to Dollywood. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been to Dollywood yeah. in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I know where it is. Um, the old I don't like country parts. <laughs> okay, well, it's Dolly Parton, so this is this is a lot different. I know, I know. I'm sorry, um, but it's like the old country western photo. That's mm-hmm. what it. That's yeah, what it yeah. looks like. Um, but you're not holding the gun. No, no, just. Uh, um, you don't have spurs on. This is true. Well, I did have spurs. Oh, on. you had spurs yeah, on. You that? just couldn't see them in the picture. <laughs> yeah, Ireland, huge cowboy boots and spurs. They're really big into spurs. <laughs> um, but anyways, you get halfway through the the pint of Guinness, and your face, your selfie, your stouty is still in there. Um, but anyways, that was that was why I didn't. So that's learn. why you don't know how to pour a proper Guinness. But do you know how to take the the first sip? I I just just like any other beer to me. Is tell educate me so because I missed this part. What I've been told is that you are to look to the horizon. You're not to look into your beer. Your right elbow up. You have your beer in your hand, right elbow up, looking out towards the horizon, and that's how your first sip goes. And you and that's like when you get to the top floor of the what do they call it? The storehouse. What do they call them? Mm -hmm. Okay, get to the top of the storehouse. They have that bar up there, and that's you know your proper Guinness is poured. You look out to the horizon, elbow up, sip, 
And that's it. And that's nice. how you take a first sip of Guinness. <clears throat> so there's, and I probably fucked it up. And there's going to be people that are going to be like, "Oh, that's not how you actually do it." And I looked it up <laughs> on Wikipedia because I've never been. But you've been. But you didn't even have a story to tell. Yeah, uh, I don't. So. I don't. Unfortunately. Okay. But you know, I uh, successfully drank the entire Guinness, each one that I had. So um, I was doing something right at least. But misconception that a lot of people when they see the dark beer they're like oh it's heavy it's, heavy. it's a thick yeah. beer no it's like 4.5 percent alcohol and it's a light beer the only reason it's dark is because you talked about it they they roast the the malts yeah it's in and that's that's a bit the very beginning i think it's Gosh, I wish I would have taken better notes, but I think it's 260. <laughs> well, I don't think you thought you were going to come here and have to right, describe right, an entire yeah. Guinness. Um, but pour. what makes it so dark is the the temperature. You know, yep. which they, I think it's 262 degrees or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a, that is an absolute must see. It's incredible. Um, you know, it, and it, it it's very similar to it's the adult version of. Um, the chocolate factory from Charlie and the mm. Chocolate Factory. That's it. I felt like that the whole time, except rather than it be candy, it was just beer. Um, and it was awesome. You know what's going to be nice about this podcast set? You're going to be the first guest that I guarantee is going to tell me that their favorite brewery is not Old Mech. And I love Old Mech, and it is my favorite brewery. But every single person I have asked on this podcast, not push them to do it, every single person, what's your favorite brewery? Anywhere in the world, any old Mac, everybody says old. That's and and and, and you know, and I've kind of noticed that theme. Um, <laughs> Every single person. and you, I think it was you guys talked about um, when Steve was on. Yeah, uh, you uh, Chastain had mentioned something about Sycamore and how he was the oldest person. Yeah. At, which I've been there, and that is a hundred percent accurate. Uh huh. Um, you know, it, it the it, it's such a crowded place, and it's all. People who are not way younger, but way younger than than, when than you me, get, than us. Yeah, and when you get to my age and Chastain's age and Fielding's age of like 34 to 36, a 27-year-old, 28-year-old, and 24, those people are young. Okay, well, even at my age, and I'm 30, I'll be 32... Um, they're young. still super young. Yeah, and it's, and it's 90% of the crowd is yeah. that. To where you go to these other places, it's just older crowd, and it's just where it is, right? I yeah. mean, it's surrounded by apartment complexes. It's right near downtown Sycamore, and so you know that's just the crowd that it is. But yeah, well, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's a great, it's a great spot. They have good beer, um, but it's just I my anxiety shoots through the roof. It's just way too much going on. We typically have our dog with us, and he's interested, and in, yeah, you know the thousands of other dogs that are there, and. Um, yeah, it always just ends up being a, a beer or two place and then, you know, on to the next. But, so what is your favorite brewery ever? Oh, uh, man. Um, you know, I would... And then we'll say Charlotte, because I want to hear what yours is going to be. All right, Charlotte. so... Best brewery you've ever been to. Best brewery I've ever been to, and I, I don't know if it was 100% the beer, but just the the atmosphere. Um, it's called Frog Level Brewing. It's okay. in Waynesville, North Carolina. Um, it's a, a veteran who it's a veteran owned business. Um, and I'm a huge supporter of our troops yeah. and, and, and veterans and anything veteran owned. God, I've lived here since 99. I don't even know where Waynesville is. So it's, it's like, uh, it's, I mean, it's Western North Carolina. Okay. So you keep going like you're going to a Western Carolina, um, university and it's, and it's over there, but 
Uh, they just have a, it's about as basic of a brewery as you can have, as most breweries are, you yeah. know, it's, it's brick building, you know, industrial style. Um, but when you go out to the back, there's this huge Creek, uh, rushing river almost, uh, that, that runs right behind it. And it's just a cool setup. And, you know, I love the fact that it's veteran owned, um, their beer is pretty decent. Um, you know, I got some good, uh, flair while i was there i got a nice hat and some stickers and shirts and stuff like that but um the time that we went the owner and and i'm drawing a blank on his name but the owner um was there and he he took us on a quick little tour of it i mean it's a really small brewery so um i I really have only seen their beers in restaurants or stores and in a few places so um i just thought it was neat just the experience in itself being there and getting to meet the owner and it being veteran owned and uh, we were on a great trip to the mountains, um, so so we had a good time there. Um, but actually, now that I think about it, that trip in itself, we did a we did a little run around uh, Western North Carolina, Asheville, things like that. And you know, I mean, this is probably um, a typical response, but the uh, Sierra Nevada Brewery is. I've heard, and I haven't been, and it's, like, people literally tell me, like, it's, like, castle-esque. Like, it is this incredible fortress that you roll up into, and it's... So, so right off the bat, when you walk in, or when you you pull into the property, you're nowhere near the actual brewery in itself. Um, You you come into this huge, like, gated entrance, and the landscaping is and i feel like all i've talked about this whole podcast to this point has been landscaping that's okay Um, you're a big guy in the greenery that's right right i worked for a landscaping company when i was about 14 um but anyways the the landscaping and the the just the road leading up to the parking lot in front of the brewery is incredible and i have a friend who um he's like a sales a regional sales manager for sierra nevada yeah and um you know just getting like the inside scoop on the company in itself knowing that going to the brewery uh, we went it was 15 degrees and we had our dog <laughs> with us so we had to sit outside <laughs> um, uh. which was a huge bummer but they have all these fire pits outside so it went from maybe being 15 degrees to about 26 degrees mm, which yeah, is bearable. super warm um, <laughs> it's bearable. bearable so we had a flight of beer and we took turns going in and checking out the gift shop and looking at all the stuff because you can't bring your dog in there, unfortunately. But um, that was um, like an amazing brewery. It does look like a castle. Yeah. It looks like if if Harry if Hogwarts had a brewery, it would be Sierra Nevada. Like that's just the way that it looks. Um, Hogwarts is a Harry. Yeah, Hogwarts, yeah. You know what I like about Sierra Nevada and now like um, um, what's the other one? New Belgian is that I can call them local beers, even though they're not headquartered here. Yeah. And they've been around for a long time in the craft brewing scene. But like, I'll get Sierra Nevada and I'm like, I'm drinking local. That's right. You know, it was brewed here. That's right. Keep it local, man. Yep. Uh, Clark Williams is the owner yeah. of Frog Level. I believe he was a Marine. Let's see. What I'm it says. pretty sure he was a Marine. Uh, retired United States Marine, Operation Iraqi Freedom Vet. Um, yeah. He wears a kilt. And his wife, his name is Jenny. I like the fact that your favorite brewery is a small little brewery in Waynesville, North Carolina, and yet you've been to Guinness, Sierra Nevada, yeah. and those others. I think that's cool because I think that speaks to how 
you can make a brewery cool and memorable, and it doesn't have to be one of these mega breweries. Because, I mean, Old Mech is the biggest brewery in Charlotte. It's the oldest brewery, and it's the biggest brewery. So, I mean, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, Old Mech, because it's a recognizable name, and it's there. But Yeah. Um, when and, and I like it. I think that I like it so much is because if I feel like if I were to open up a brewery, it would be that's what it would be like. And this might be a good segue into um, my sports career. Yeah, let's do right? it then. So you have the Guinnesses of the world, and you have the you know Anheuser Bushes and things like that. So let's just refer to those as the professional athletes. Those that select few who make it all the way. Yep. Um, and speaking of that, let me go ahead. Crack my. Uh, speaking of big breweries, we have a Miller Miller Coors. That's right. I. Uh, I call these Nick Lachey's, my Miller Lights. I've called those, I've called them Nick Lachey's since I was um, in middle school or high, I guess high school. Um, Can I tell you a quick funny story about Nick Lachey? Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm going to anyways, this is my podcast. Uh, I was at the Players <clears throat> Golf Tournament in Jacksonville a couple of years ago, and I flew down, what was I, I went Friday, so I flew down Thursday, and this was for... Um, for work, and so I'm out with clients and local guys in the office, and we're at Roos Chris right outside of the um, course, because I didn't go Thursday, I went Friday, so we're right outside the course, and we're at Roos Chris, we're done eating, and we see Kirk Herbstreet, who's the guy that's with Herbstreet on game day? There's well, it wasn't It wasn't Desmond Howard, it was... Um, it wasn't Fowler either. It doesn't matter. Herb Street. David Pollock. Oh, Marty Smith. Marty Smith. Yeah. Big Marty Smith fan. Yeah, uh, he's great. He's here in Charlotte, too. Um, Marty Smith, Herb Street, another guy, looked like a producer, and they were getting like a table of four, but only three guys walk in. We're walking out. I go to the bathroom, and I'm with this other guy that's one of our clients, and he's at the urinal, and there's another guy next to the urinal, and they literally... <laughs> I'm waiting because there's only two urinals. I'm waiting, and the guy that I know who's standing there looks, and he goes, are you Nick Lachey? No. And Nick Lachey looks at him, he's like, yes, I am. And he's like, oh, my God, man, my wife's going to love this story. Man. And so Nick Lachey walks out, and he looks at me, and he's like, hey, man, hey. I'm like, hey. And uh, this guy, we'll call He's not going to listen. I'll, his name's Paul. <laughs> Paul looks at me, and he goes, dude, that was Nick Lachey. He's like, isn't that crazy? I was like, yeah, dude, if we were in the 90s, yeah, like, like that would make that hey. would be really cool. <laughs> this is the first time I've met this guy, right? Like Nick Lachey so, or Paul? Paul. Okay. Both, actually. <laughs> so his first experience of me with me of just learning my personality is we've had dinner. I've been, you know, quiet because the other guys are talking. The other guys I'm with are with sa- are sales guys. So I'm going to sit there and listen, let them do their thing to sell to Paul. And then Paul's basic like first interaction with me is like, oh my God, that's Nick Lachey. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, man. If if we were in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow, this guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> so I go to the bathroom. Wait, I go outside and it's Paul and the two other guys I'm with that work with me. And they're like, <laughs> and he's telling them the story of basically how I just reacted to Nick Lachey. And he's like, dude, my wife's going to freak out. Like, she's not going to believe it. And you're over here like, oh yeah, it's cool, man. If, it's, if he's from, if you're in the 90s. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. He's not popular anymore, man. And let me tell you, he dresses like it was the, the 90s. 90s. He still had his spiked hair. Frosted tips. He didn't have the frosted tip, no but he had spiked tips. hair, and he had cargo shorts that went past his knees. And if 
if you're into any type of like what's fa- fashionable now, cargo pants, cargo shorts aren't super fashionable anymore, especially ones that go down past mm. your knees. That I've was, just bought a pair. I I think I'm happy Not, for you, and because they're functional. Do they go past your knees? Uh, they're mid knee, like baggy past your knees. They're camo. Okay, that's fine. You're from mid kneecap. You're from Southern Georgia. That's right. But they're not like, you know, Team Real Tree camo. <laughs> they're like trendy camo. That's okay. Um, but the only reason I bought them is because they're functional, right? So I do a ton of like woodworking and work in the yard, and you know, we bought a house and remodeled it and all that stuff. Yeah, which we're so, gonna get to. We need to go back to your story, but I did do the side story of Nick Lachey. That is my story of Nick Lachey. So I text Lindsay, and she's like, oh, my God, like, go go say hello to him. I'm like, uh, no, I just made fun of him, basically, as he left the bathroom. I'm not going to go and try and go back in the restaurant. But Well, to save right. Nick Lachey's reputation, because I think, it's I, bet at, he's listening. I think it's at stake right now. I do have a lot of listeners out of California. Um, the TV show, The Newlyweds, when he was married to Jessica Simpson, yep. all he did in that show, and, and yes, I watched it occasionally. But I think, all he I think did, anybody that... Is our age watch sure. that show yeah. because MTV. Jessica Simpson was hot and MTV at the time was really right. popular to watch with those shows. So all he did was hang out with his brother, drink Miller Lights, and like rebuild stuff. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, we've always called him Nick Lachey's. <laughs> um, so that's my reason why I Miller Lights or Nick Lachey's Nick Lachey for, for the podcast. And I've met him. So this is coming full circle. I can't here. wait for him to listen. We're gonna have to tag him too. Oh, he's he's gonna love that story of me making fun of him. He, I mean, huge podcast listener, probably two cents worth number one. Listener. He might be the next guest. <clears throat> I would love to have him on. Have him come to my house, sit in here, and he'd be like, "Buddy, let me see what I can do. Let me, <laughs> let me reach out. Let me reach out." All right. So you, you were talking about your athletic career. Yep. We were starting to of. Your Miller Lights or your Anheuser Busch's, your Sierra Nevadas are yeah. your pros. Pros, and then um, Frog Level might be your junior college <laughs> athlete. Okay. All right. So, so here's just a quick backstory um, of my sports career. Um, I like to refer to my sports career um, in a brief phrase, and that's flashes of greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, I was, I, and I've always been one of those people who, like, I was the one who had to take the extra ground balls, take the extra BP, things like that. I was the first one there, last one to leave. Um, I had, I was gifted with, um, athleticism, um, but not like other people are, right? Yeah. You know, some people just are, they could just roll out of bed and, stroll up to the plate and go three for four with a double and stand, you know, stand on the mound and throw 96, 97 and others have to earn it. Others have to earn it. <clears throat> I grind worked, it out. I worked my tail off to get there. I went through, um, a, a great, um, summer league program, um, in Georgia. It's East Cobb baseball. Yeah. Um, uh, if, if you're, if you're familiar with AAU baseball, I would say in the country. Yeah. Let's not even talk about in the South. Yep, I would agree with that. East um, Cobb always, always. We made it to the national championship, the Nationals, when I was 15. So with Bart, Bart and I's team, the AAU team, we made it, and we finished, I think, 15th in the country. 
but like you go there and it's like the California teams and East Cobb, Georgia. Yep. Yeah. Like those are your top teams that always come in there. So it's just, it's a, uh, from a talent standpoint and exposure standpoint, um, competitive standpoint, that's, that's yeah. just where you want to be, uh, playing, you know, AAU or summer league baseball. Um, but my high school, the high school that I went to, I played, I also played high school baseball in Cobb County, which was extremely competitive. Oh, I bet it's insane. Um, you know, we, we just, the, the talent that we faced and the talent that I played with, um, arguably is what got me to, you know, have the exposure that I had to some colleges and universities. Um, not by my ability, but by yeah. other people's other, ability. Other people. Um, and it just had, Hey, I had a good game and they were not here to see me, but they saw me and that's all that matters. And that's how a lot of people get yeah. scholarships. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I played for an incredible high school baseball coach. Um, the, 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 the program is phenomenal. The coach is phenomenal. He's still there and he's winning championships still. Um, but, um, I, chose the free route um i I looked at all the opportunities that i had yeah and i took the one that was 100 percent free um so baseball wise terrible decision (laughs) um life adventure wise great decision um because that led me to play one year um at at a junior college in alabama and then i had several opportunities to leave because there was some um, uh, organizational change mm. within the school. Um, and you know, it ultimately, I think that was the ultimate lead to the demise of the sports programs at this school because they no longer have sports programs. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so I had some opportunities to go to different places, uh, but I had a few injuries that were kind of nagging and a bad taste in my mouth about college baseball. And I said, okay, well, I am going to transfer to a school, um, and it actually was a school that my mom graduated from, Valdosta State University. Um, Very good baseball program. And I said, you know, I'm going to transfer there, um, and I'm going to take the first semester and figure it out, and then I'll try and walk on. Because I had talked with, uh, there's a guy, he was the coach at the time, uh, Coach Tommy Thomas. (laughs) And he was, I think he ended (laughs) up... What a name. I know. He ended up retiring... In his late seventies, um, the guy was ancient, old, has been around baseball for forever, and he actually came to one of my East Cobb games when I was in high school, and he brought his dad to the game. And this guy's seventy, and he was like, "Hey, I, I just got to run out to the car real quick and feed my dad." And this was in between a doubleheader, and I thought he was joking, like, "What you know? What seventy-year-old man's running out to the car to go feed his dad?" Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, turns out this his dad was you know in his nineties. His dad traveled to every single recruiting trip, every single game on this on the bus with the team. Um, a really cool story. I don't know a ton about it, enough about it to sit here and, and tell it, but really cool story. Like father and son, yeah, like going together until the end of time type thing. But uh, so, anyways, I said, all right. So I have some connections to Valdosta State's baseball program. I'm going to transfer there because that wasn't really the only school I could get into uh, from a grade standpoint. Also, I'm a, I'm a repeat offender, it sounds like, on your podcast. People getting into schools because of their athletic <clears throat> abilities, not because of their grades. That's okay. Chastain is one of them. Yeah. Um, 
And he openly admits it, that if he couldn't throw a fastball 92-93, he wouldn't have gone yep. to Elon. Well, I am right there with him. So, um, But anyway, so I said, all right, I'll, uh, I'll get there. I'll figure it out. I'll get my bearing straight. You know, I'm 19 years old. I'm um, not at all mature. Um, so I said, all right, get there, figure it out. Well, I got there, and I figured out how to be a college student. And that's where I said, you know what? I could make an easy transition from playing collegiate baseball to playing intramural softball so i um i said um the beer wench has come yeah Lindsay, it's good to see you she just woke up from a nap that's (laughs) right that's called parenting that's right kids sleep you sleep hey they're doing great i haven't heard the kids yet so yeah minus Um, what the hell was going on over here earlier but uh so anyways i um i i like i said to kind of rewind a little bit Baseball-wise, bad decision to go to that school. Yeah. Life, adventure-wise, great decision. Um, Because by me not playing baseball anymore, the sport that I grew up playing, the sport that I love, um, that was me kind of coming to grips with, all right, this this is a game, and I love the game. But I'm not meant to play it for (laughs) for a living and for the rest of my life. Um, And luckily, I learned that uh, my sophomore year of college. Um, Not to say that people who make it uh, all the way through all four years are always let down when they don't make it to you know the the the, you know uh, they don't get drafted they don't make it to the next level. I'm a pretty emotional guy and I pour a lot into everything that I do. So it was nice to have that distraction of being a college student as I was learning, hey, this is the end of the road for baseball. I think it's, so for for you and I, because we both live that, it is nice to have other things going on in your life when you are coming to that realization of, as every kid that plays sports has, I want to be a professional athlete. Oh, and, and eventually you get to that point and you said like your sophomore year. And it was probably for me, I think it was like my junior year where I transitioned back into the outfield and stopped. I wasn't pitching as much. And I was more so playing like defensive replacement in the outfield. And I'm like, if this is what the rest of my college career is going to be, I don't one. It, it really, it was tough for me to, I even talked to my coach about it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to come back my senior year. Like, what's the point? Like, yeah. I'm busting my ass, but I could focus on my grades and kind of graduating and working on getting internships and a job. You come to that realization, man. It's like, I'm not going to go pro. Yeah. So, and and Bard talked about it when him and I were, you know, bullshitting on the, the podcast. I was like, you know, you went professional. And he goes, and you went professional in something else, man. Yeah. Like that's, and, and it was a good mentality for him to have. And I thought about that too. And I'm like, yeah, I went professional in something else, right? Like we all go professional in something else. Yeah. That's a, and I, you know, I've, uh, I've actually never thought about it that way, but you know, to, to the point that you were making about being, you know, between, you know, a defensive backup and a pitcher, um, it was kind of the opposite for me. So if I had any type of chance, it was through pitching. Yeah. But I loved taking ground balls and hitting doubles more than I did throwing bullpens and hitting spots. <laughs> um, and it just wasn't a passion of mine. That became my life. To, to, to be a pitcher. Yeah. Um, if, and, I, and I was told numerous times by college coaches, mentors, 
uh, other baseball players. Um, you know, it's that gut check, like raw comment where it's like, hey, if you want to have a shot, this is what you need to focus on. And I wasn't ready to give that up. You know, I love mechanics and repetition and things yeah. like that. So taking ground balls off of a fungo, I could do it all day long. You know, I would love to go out and take ground balls after this, you know, just because just it's just fun. Just because it's something you, know? you want to do. Um, but it, it was coming to that realization that, hey, I don't want to pitch and I'm not going to do something I don't want to do. Yeah. Because if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to give it 100%. I was told that my sophomore year, if you're ever going to make it in college, you're going to be a pitcher. So just focus on pitching. And I fought the same thing. And I didn't. And I and I played outfield. And I pitched, but I played outfield. And that's really what I wanted to go and do in college was to go. I knew, I knew that I would have to pitch because I'm left-handed and I could hit spots. And I was good enough that I could... I could make a career in college, but I'm sure. like, I want to at least try outfield still. So I went into college, recruited as a pitcher, but I still had that outfield dream. And I went two full seasons without playing the outfield. And then the team kind of shifted and we didn't have a lot of depth in the outfield. So then the coaches were like, hey, you're probably one of the best defensive outfielders we have. That's what you need to do. But you also haven't hit in three years. So you're not going to hit. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, this kind of sucks. Like, yeah, this is terrible. I have to play like the eighth and ninth inning of every game. Mm-hmm. But I don't get to pitch anymore, basically, because you need me to be a defensive replacement. But I also don't get to hit. Yeah. But yeah, same thing for me. Like my sophomore year of high school, it was, hey, if you're ever going to make it, you're going to be a pitcher. I'm like, yeah, but I, I like playing outfield. It was the same thing. I loved catching fly balls. I remember growing up, standing in the front yard, throwing balls up yeah. as high as I could. All day. All day long, and that was me just catching fly balls. Because if you're a left-hander, eventually infield goes away. Because you know, if you're the best kid on your team at 12, you play shortstop, regardless if you're left-handed left or right-handed, hand, right? Matter, yeah. And then it comes to a point of where it's like, all right, well, if you're left-handed, you play first base or you play the outfield. Yep. So then I became a center fielder. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I love doing this. Running around, catching fly balls, cool. And then you get told as a 15-year-old, hey, that's not your future. It's kind of demoralizing. It, it kind is. Of sucks. Yeah. So I get your point. I totally understand that feeling. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, you know, I nonetheless, the experience is what has made me into the person that I am today. You know, going the route of, and I don't look at it as quitting playing. Yeah. I look at it as taking on another challenge. Um, you know, and I, I went to Valdosta uh, State and. Um, joined a fraternity and, you know, did that whole deal. And I held leadership opportunity or leadership positions all throughout. And um, some of the best friends that I have actually, let's see, four, four of the guys who were in, five of the guys who were in my wedding are guys that I, I wouldn't have met if I did not do what you did. Right. Do what I did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't regret it. Uh, because I play softball for the Ballantine Brewers. That's not even our. our <laughs> we're not, not even called our the Ballantine name, Brewers. But... We're just called the Brewers. But fitting though that we're named. We play in Ballantine. We so. do play in Ballantine. Uh, but I, you, you said it, and uh, and I'll point it out. I think too for you and and others that are listening and others have been through it and myself included. Like you might not have, like you said, I don't, I don't call it quitting. Your athletics brought you on some type of journey, right? And like, mm-hmm. this is the whole point of this podcast is talking about sports and life and how things actually do work themselves out and kind of bring you to wherever you are. If you didn't have those experiences, right? If you didn't have the Alabama school and then the Valdosta situation and, and whatnot, you wouldn't 
be sitting here today. Right. Right. You wouldn't potentially be married to the person you're married to. Yep. Right. So it's, I think it's, I think some people always, a lot of people look back and they're like, oh man, what if? I don't, I used to be that type of person. I'm like, oh man, what if I stayed an extra year in high school and did that fifth year and tried to go to a different university? Or after my freshman year, I thought about transferring because I played summer ball and a coach from another school was like, dude, I'd love to have you. And yeah. You play a lot and you do this. I'm like, oh, maybe that's what I should do. But if I left Wingate, I would have never met Lindsay. I wouldn't right. have been married 11 years. I wouldn't be sitting here. So I think it's important to, one, never look back and go, what if? Just look towards what it's brought you to and, and what who you've become. And I think for you, you know, you mentioned earlier, like, oh, I'm I'm one of your ordinary guests. Yeah. Or I'm the first ordinary guest. You still have some story of where sports and your athleticism has brought you to wherever it is. I don't care that you didn't finish college baseball. Yeah. Who gives a shit, right? Like, I finished college baseball. I'm still sitting here with you, That's right? right. I'm a guest <laughs> on your podcast, so I did I something right. I didn't win anything <laughs> by finishing yeah. and playing four years of collegiate baseball. It doesn't get you anything other than the experience. Right. And it does teach you some life lessons, right? Like, you grow up. I would argue when you play college athletics, it does teach you a lot of maturity. Sure. Absolutely. You might not see it at that time, but when it's all over and it might be years down the line, you can look back and be like, man, if it wasn't for that situation, I wouldn't know how to handle this situation and work. Uh, That's right, man. You know, tough situations that you go on, like what you said about your school in Alabama, you know, some things went on, organizational changes. I had a bad taste in my mouth, but you learn from it. Yeah. You might not have thought that at, you know, 18-year-old Thomas, 19-year-old Thomas, you were probably like, "Fuck this." Yeah. That's bullshit. This is stupid. Life sucks. I don't I don't this is what all I've ever wanted and now it's not here. Like what the hell do I do next? Yeah. But it taught you a lesson. Well, yeah, I mean, and you're exactly right. I mean, you know, that's and this is the philosophical side in me coming yeah, out. Yeah, let's is, get it out, man. You know, every like it, things I I think you have two portions of your life you've got the first half and then the second half and then everything from the first half is replicated into the second half it just has a completely different um outcome right so this is the the stuff that i went through um you know in my freshman year uh playing baseball whether it was injuries whether it was coaches or whether it was you know uh whatever it's replicated in the corporate world that that I'm in now, right? So you have hardships, you have a tough meeting, or you have um, a budget that you might not have hit. Um, It's all the same thing. It's just kind of a different setting, right? And it's all about how you handle it. It's not about the scenario. It's about how you handle it and what you take away from it. Uh, And I took a ton away from the experience that I had playing baseball in college the experience that I had playing baseball in high school, East mm-hmm. Cobb, so on and so forth. And those are all things that, whether I can directly correlate it back to one particular situation or the other, it's something, like every action or move that I make now is something that I've done before, but just in a different way. Yep. So, lessons learned, man. All good things. You just have to take a positive approach to things that it's hard to get negative. And I was reading something the other day and it was like, if you made $82,000 a year and someone took $10, $10 from you, would you really be that upset? And like, so put that into your day. There's 82,000 seconds in a day. And if somebody fucked with you for 10 seconds, does that really, should that really mess you up? 
Yeah. No, it shouldn't. So much, so much life and so much stuff going on in your life. 10 seconds, a bad meeting, sure. whatever, a bad day. Could be a bad day. There's more positive than negative, I would say. Well, you have, you, the fact that you have a job. Yeah. Is that's amazing. always nice. Um, the fact that, you know, at least speaking for us. for us, we have someone to go home to that we can, you know, confide in. Yep, and, our dogs. and they can console us, our dogs. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, our wives are also there too. Oh, yeah. That. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've got a r- roofs over our head. Uh huh. Um, and we have. I mean, life goes on. Yeah. You know, there's all these other things to take, you know, that should take precedence over that 10 seconds. I think you get to that point, um, obviously, as you get older and you and you learn and from these things. But, like, as a kid, it's easy to get so upset. Like, my sophomore year of high school, man, I didn't make the baseball team. This is bullshit. It's over. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Your college experience. Oh, my God. This sucks. Like, you get upset on things that... Truly, in the long run, like you said, there's two halves of your life. We're still in the first half of our life, hopefully, yeah. right? You know, you hope, you never know. Um, not to be morbid, but like, first half of your life still, we have a lot of lessons still to learn, but I think you get to that, I think athletics does teach you a lot of how to deal with adversity, because sure. whether people want to think so or not, and, and I'm dealing with it with my kids now of like growing up in the sports world now, there's winners and losers, and there's winners and losers in life all the time. Yeah. Participation trophies, in my opinion, are a rag of shit. Yeah. And if my kids ever get them, I'm not going to let them have them. Well, I and didn't And people get are going to be pissed off about that and be like, oh, you're so terrible. I really don't care. You can say whatever the fuck you want about me. Uh, but I'm going to teach my kids a lesson of what's going to help them in the long term in life. I mean, I'm right there with you. I, th- I think that uh, I think participation trophies are, I, I think it's just a catalyst for bad behavior and, and um, accepting things that people shouldn't accept. You got you to gotta work hard. You got to do it. And it's going to be a rude awakening, a rude awakening for those people who don't experience that when they get to the real world. And it hits you like a ton of bricks, and you do not know how to respond. Yeah. When you just fold. Yeah. Like, I've had parents call me after their kids have interviewed with me, and they don't get the job. Oh, man. Okay. Look, your kid didn't get the job. Like, I, you're not going to help him. This is definitely not Here's helping him get the job. This is the reason why your kid didn't get the job is because you are calling me right now. <laughs> how did you get my number, yeah. first off? Secondly, <laughs> yeah. why did you think you should call me and this was a mm. good idea? Right. All right. Let's. You had notes. I did. I, I think I said all this. The- this guy came prepared to basically interview me, or bring his own conversation. I and I told him I said I want this to be a conversation. We're we're almost an hour in, but we're going to keep going until yeah, we've, I, we've I've, I've gone through everything. all my notes. All right. Um, uh, I wanted to one talk about you. You mentioned it earlier, like you like doing things with your hands, yeah. yard work, all that. So side hobby. And I think it's kind of cool, yeah. Because I think it's always interesting to see like what people like to do to get a creative outlet out. Me, for a while there, I like to build furniture. So like that, I built uh, the TV. I'm pointing at the TV stand. So yeah. People are like, "What the hell?" I built a TV stand. Lindsay's big, very nice, big into mid-century TV modern. Console. Yeah, very nice. So mid-century modern stuff. I built this desk. I built the printer uh, desk that we have here. Just kind of simple, clean line yeah. type stuff. That was for a while. I grew up, my dad, after he left Wall Street, went into construction and craft work, and he's always been good at building stuff, so that's how I learned how to do all that. 
And then now it's this doing podcasts, it's kind of my creative outlet. You have a creative outlet. What is it? Yeah. Um, so whether it's good or not, I, it's still fun. Um, you know, I went to Lowe's and I built, I bought the kit to build a little shed, right? And I don't call it a shed because it's more, you know, more, more than that. I call it my little workshop. Okay. Um, and I've got it all set up uh, to where I can just do carp, like minor carpentry type work, woodworking things. Um, and I like to do, uh, I like to build small little things, right? So, you know, the, as you know, I'm pointing at it, like you guys can see it, like <laughs> Ryan just did, but the, the TV stand here and the printer desk, um, things like that. I enjoy, I enjoy building things like that. So, um, I like to, I like for it to be kind of rough looking. So, um, I'll use a chisel, right? If, okay. You know, you buy standard pieces of wood and they've got sharp edges. Yep. Well, I'll get my hand, I'll hand, you know, chisel the sides to where they're rounded off. Um, rather than using like a planer or anything like that, um, I like to do it by hand. And it's just fun because something that should take 15 minutes might take me five hours to make. Okay. But I'm in my workshop. And I'm making these small little things, and they're unique to you know uh, my hands and the work that I do on my own. Um, so I've made tables, um, like our dining room table. My dad and I actually made together. It's a you know big farmhouse table, um, and that was a cool experience because that's where I got this uh, um, desire and ability. Um, it's from my dad. Okay. Um, and he got it from his dad, and I would assume that my grandfather got it from my great grandfather. Yeah. Um, but growing up, um, every house that my grandfather lived in, he would always, it was always, uh, they lived out in the country, so um, he would always buy a single wide trailer to put on the property, and it was for his workshop. Oh, okay. That's so cool. he was the type of guy who had, if he had um, one wrench, he had every size wrench that you could ever have. And I remember asking him, like seeing tools, like a, an Allen wrench that you had to hold with two hands, and it probably weighed <laughs> 45 pounds. And I remember asking him, like, do you build cruise ships? Yeah, like, what the hell is these? this thing? Like, why would you ever need this? And, and you know, his response was always, uh, well, I might not need it, but if somebody does, I'm going to be the guy that I can borrow that, that can lend it out <laughs> to that person. That's um, cool. And that you know, I think that yeah, you know, um, intellectual curiosity about tools and building things. Um, but by no means am I a great builder. Um, you know, my dad will listen to this and he'll probably smack me in the back of the head. Is he a great builder? And my grandfather probably wasn't either, but. <laughs> Something that we enjoyed because, you know, we can go get in our little workshops. My dad has one. My grandfather had one. I have one. Um, and just tinker and, and build things with our hands. Um, you know, whether it's, hey, we're going to the DeFabers um, next Saturday night. I was, was going to bring, bring it up. You, I want to bring a bottle of wine over. You built something for our friend Tim. Yeah. Um, so it's like, well, I could bring a bottle of wine. Or I could bring a bottle of wine in a little box that I made. Yeah, um, and it was stamped with stamped with your logo. My 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 logo. Um, it's uh, 
it's not, uh, it's hopefully 2019 is the year that I really get things, you know, in, into motion with this and I've kind of transitioned yeah. and maybe another, another podcast, we can talk about it more. Um, but it's, uh, the, the, the brand, if you will, is, is called grit to grain. Um, so just uh, a little, little company that I have, uh, out of my, my workshop in my backyard. Um, and I am very generous in calling it a company because I've, only, I think, given away like two things. I haven't even sold anything. I've just given away the work that I, that I've made. I, I give away this podcast to everybody. There every we go. Week. There we go. Um, but yeah, so it's a fun place to go. Um, I can go in my little workshop and drink beer, or drink bourbon, and um, <laughs> and tinker wh- around, right? And, and whittle. Yeah. Um, and actually, today I, I don't do it in the summer. Because I don't have air conditioning in yeah, my workshop. In North Carolina and Charlotte, it's hot as it's shit. It's 185 degrees <laughs> in my in a um, shed. In my shed, you got to get a fan. Yeah, I do, and it, and just, it still doesn't really do much. It goes from being 185 to 185 with with wind. Yeah, so I do that in the garage too. I'll yeah. work out and I'll turn the fan on. I'm like, all I'm doing is just blowing hot air That's more right. in my face. More, more of it. Um, but today was um, today I rearranged and reorganized my shop to get ready for. Okay. For the winter, which is a great time to get out there because I have a heater. Yeah. And, you know, I can close the doors and turn the heater on and it feels good. And um, so, yeah, I'm ready to uh, ready to take orders and get in there and listen to some music and drink bourbon. Um, well, Irish whiskey this this year so I, since I brought some back from Ireland. What is um, is there anything you're going to focus on in particular? Like you mentioned, you built the box to hold a bottle of wine. Um you, you built a farm table. Is there anything in particular that you, you, like you said, I'll take orders, right? Yeah. Like what, what would somebody like me, if I was going to call you Thomas and, and grit to grain, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And say, Hey, I want one of those. Do you have any of that? Or is it just wide open of like, Hey, tell me what you want. And I'll tell you if I can build it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more of that. Okay. Um, you know, I like to, um, I like to try things that, I mean, and, and you know, uh, cat out of the bag. It's if somebody's like, "Hey, I," you know, or if I, I'm like, "Hey, I want to build a table," um, I just Google the dimensions. Yeah. And honestly, it's as simple as that: googling the dimensions. And if you can, if you here's the secret, folks: if you have the right tools mm-hmm. and you can measure things, you can literally build anything that you want. I have, you know, so uh, like I mentioned earlier, my wife and I bought a um, a house that required 100% remodeling. So, so to put it o- into perspective, our friend Pete, who flips houses, wanted to buy that I, house yeah. to flip it. Yeah. So it did need basically 100%, 100%. remodeling. The only thing that is original in the house is the brick mm-hmm. on the outside. And the hardwood floors. And the wood floors, I was going to say. Yeah. I remember you telling me the story of... Everything the, else... The little holes. Everything else is... Brand new. Brand new, yeah. Um, but in order to save money, I said, okay, hey, here's the things that I can do on my own. But in order for me to do that, I need this tool. So I did the numbers, and it made more sense for me to buy these certain tools and do it myself versus paying someone else to do it. Yeah. So I've accumulated all these tools over time. Um, now that I'm not remodeling a house, you know, what better way to get my money's worth out of these tools than to do things that I enjoy. So, um, if, if I can get the measurements 
and you give me some sort of an idea as to the way you want it to look, I'll do my best. And great thing is, is <laughs> if you don't like it, I'll probably like it, so I get to keep it myself. Well, and the other thing too is, like you mentioned, it is rustic, custom, yeah. custom, yeah. And well, furniture doesn't need to be perfect. Little, you know, a box to hold wine doesn't need to be perfect. A wine, you know, display or a holder made of wood doesn't need yeah. to be perfect, right? It just it's got to look cool. Like well, a lot of people just want something that looks cool. And that's like the that's that's really kind of the premise behind the whole name, right? Is the uh, grain yep. portion of the name. It, you, you can cut any type of wood, and the grains are going to be different in every yeah. single piece, right? And you might not know how beautiful the grain in a piece of wood is until you sand it down and really, like, you know, get the that top layer off of dirt or grime or sap or whatever mm-hmm. it is and get to, like, the polished perfection of the actual grain. So that's the grit part, right? Yeah. So that's the work that we put in to bring out the true side in ourselves. Like that's the premise behind the name. Um, so it's about hard work and whatever the result of your hard work is, is going to be the grain, right? Yeah. The, 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 uh, the outcome, if you will. So, um, every piece is truly, um, personalized and different in its own way, because like I said, you know, the way that I cut corners is with a hand chisel. Um, and it's not going to look the same, yeah. Um, it's going to be different for every single piece. So you want to talk about custom items. That's what I got for you. So, I, I, <laughs> w- well, I mean, it does bring into anybody that would want to order something from you. It, it brings into its own originality. Yeah. There's only one. That's right. That is you true. might make 10 wine boxes. They're all different. And they're going to say one of one on the bottom <laughs> of them. <laughs> like if you look at, um, again, we're pointing to the, uh the tv stand if you look at it right like the edges aren't perfectly degreed i mean you know i built that in my garage in two days to put the tv on something because we were moving it up here from downstairs because we bought another tv yeah so i was like well i need something to put it on i want to build something myself i think i could build it cheaper than i could buy something and make it look mid-century modern and and we didn't. I had all the paint, and all I did was basically go out and buy the wood. I had all the screws and everything. Again, like you talked about, if you have the tools, you can basically make anything. It's Absolutely. a box with a shelf. That's it what is. I made. Yeah. And it. And if I was to go and make a couple more of those, obviously I'd change some things and you know probably sand some things down. But at my house, I was like, it's functional enough. It. I mean, it doesn't look like a piece of shit, but it's. If you go to it's the not perfect. if you go to the store and that's in the store, that's eight hundred dollars yeah. in the store. And, and that was I, probably what sixty bucks, sixty dollars like, worth of material, yeah. and two days of my time in the garage. And and I think too, you mentioned it earlier of like where you go into your shop and you work there for four or five hours. I'm like, to me, when I used to do this stuff, and I still will, I'll still mess around with some woodwork stuff and do stuff around the house. But especially in this room, after we're done, I'll point out some more stuff that me and my dad have done together. But um, it's meditation. Yeah, it really like is. it's you know you don't have kids right now, but like I can hear my son. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can hear my other kid that Dad. just woke up from his nap, um, which is fine. We'll finish here in like ten minutes or so because I do want to finish up with one more thing. Um, it's just like a nice meditation. Like this is a nice meditation for me to kind of again I mentioned earlier, like step away. It's a creative outlet. Get to have my friends come over, people I might not know and have a conversation with. So like that's coming up in January. I'm gonna have some people I've I know through social media, never spoken to them. Nice. 
So I'm going to have a, uh, a rep from a supplement company come and talk. Person that a uh, uh, a person here in Charlotte that does um, like food blogging. Okay. Person from Lululemon's going to come on. So like I have people I don't I have no idea who they are, but it's going to be cool. Like have them come around, have a conversation, learn about them. It's a creative outlet yeah, for you. For same sure. thing, meditation. All right, <clears throat> I'm going to call it what I want to call it here. You have approached me about something else. Yeah. Thomas wants to get a group of uh, guys, people, not guys, people. Yeah. Right? It could be women people. too, it doesn't matter. Uh, people together, uh, grab coffee, a drink, whatever, and kind of have a conversation. Immediately doing this, I said, well, it should be a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and immediately his response was, I want to do this first. Right. And then if it turns into something, do a podcast. So a lot of the podcast, a couple of podcasts that I listen to are groups of people. And and the reason why I came at you with the whole podcast thing first was because when I got into this, everybody that I asked, all of them said, people want to listen to, quote unquote, interesting people sure. have a conversation. And they could be, you said it earlier, ordinary people. There's nothing special about me, right? Other than the fact that I put a microphone in front of my face and I made this whole thing of two cents worth. And, oh, who is this guy? And I've created this personality on on Instagram, basically. But there's nothing special about me, but people are listening. Yeah. And so for you, so what, tell me about this idea that you want to have, and then we'll uh, we'll let the viewers decide, or the listeners decide, if they want it to be a podcast. Because I think, in my opinion, in all honesty, you we can use this equipment, yeah. because I, I'm going to be a part of it. We can use this equipment. We can get some extra uh, equipment. But you could make this into a podcast, because people want to listen to people's opinions so go ahead yeah so this is um so i'm in the midst of uh preparing for the upcoming year right Mm -hmm. so you have your professional goals and you have your personal goals so obviously i'm doing my professional goals at work but i'm doing my personal goals on my own and uh one of the goals is creating this forum right Mm -hmm. this this outlet um what i would call a coffee club um, and the only reason I would call it a coffee club is because my dad has a very similar, um, uh, I don't, I don't want to call it a program, but it's called the coffee club okay. and, uh, it's, it started in my dad's old neighborhood and every Saturday morning, my dad would wake up super early and go outside and he built this shed that he would sit under and every Saturday morning he'd make a cup of coffee and he'd go out and build a fire and the neighborhood uh, guys would come over and they would talk about whatever, whether it was current events or things that were going on in their individual lives, whatever it may have been. Um, but they would just talk about it. Yeah. You know, like-minded people talking about things that might be uncomfortable, might be, um, relevant, might be irrelevant. It does be funny. It doesn't matter. It could be funny. It could be serious. It could be sports related. It could be, um, political, you know, whatever it is. Um, basically everything that I try and not do here other right. than the sports and the exactly. funny part. Um, I don't mind being serious, but the politics, that's just not for this forum, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it, it this is really just, it's an opportunity to um, feed your intellectually curious appetite. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've kind of, have, I've got a group of people in mind, uh, you being one of yeah. them, um, that I feel would take this like seriously and take it for what it's worth 
Um, not to only, you know, this isn't to benefit me. I just think it's a great opportunity for people who have similar ideas and similar drives and similar passions to talk about things um, that could be uncomfortable, uh, that could be relevant, could be political, could be economical, could be sports-related, whatever. I mean, it is literally whatever the topic of the week is or the flavor of the month or whatever you want to call it. um, It's just an open forum to get a different perspective and a different view because oftentimes we're you know we're pigeonholed to our own thoughts and yep. our own the way we are raised is the way that we're going to believe in you know certain things or if we read something we're only going to take it one way i was going to say i think it's <clears throat> the it, there's some statistic out there it was like 90% of what you listen hear and read comes from basically four sources four companies okay You know, you, you have your your media companies on TV and all yep. that, but they're all owned by these higher up companies, sure. and so they're sister companies of themselves, though they might compete against each other. But like ninety percent of everything you listen to, you watch, and you read comes from four or five sources. So think about for those of you listening, think about who's controlling sure. basically what's being put in front of you at all times, right? Like. You go on Instagram, and Lindsay and I always joke about it. We don't, we, we don't, we don't say anything. All of a sudden, uh, something pops up of something we were thinking about yeah. buying. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Ugh. Yeah. Big, All right. Bro- so big you, brother-esque. So you have this forum. I think it's a great idea. I think it could be something that we could turn into a podcast. For you could, you could kind of narrow it down to maybe four or five, six people. Yeah. You put them in a room. You have a conversation. Maybe a whiskey club or a bourbon club because I know that's something you like yeah. to do. Doesn't need to be coffee. We could go adulting uh, and just Uber. We could adult you know, it. Yeah. We could adult and Uber. All right. Uh, we'll finish up with um, any questions for me. You came to my house. You had some notes. Any questions? Yeah. Um, and then we'll wrap this thing up. I've got two two questions. Two questions. Okay. And I, and and I listen to you know obviously I li- I'm a I'm a listener. Um, An avid listener because you've mentioned yeah, quite a few of yeah um, episodes. So you're welcome for padding the stats. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've listened to a few of the questions mm-hmm. that were asked, um, and so I'll ask questions that haven't been asked. haven't been asked. Okay. Um, and this actually was not even one of the questions I was going to ask, but it's what is your favorite? What's your favorite movie? Because this tells a lot about the the person that you are. My favorite movie, and it and it's not because it's this time of year. And if anybody knows me, it's I, and I and I and Lindsay can agree to this because I basically can tell you the entire movie word for word, Home Alone. Nice. Absolutely fucking love that movie. Solid. I used to sit in my office, just share an office with somebody. I used to sit in my office and pull up YouTube and listen to, to clips from it and laugh my ass off and repeat them. And the person sharing my office would be like, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm like, <laughs> it's the funniest fucking movie ever. I'd say Home Alone. Nice. No, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. And just because I asked it, mine's Forrest Gump. Great movie. It's an unbelievable movie. It's an incredible movie. It covers so much history yep i mean and if you sit if you if you take a moment and it's actually funny because tom hanks is my favorite actor okay great great actor but if you think about home alone Mm -hmm. and you take us you take a step back and you think about 
the amount of body trauma that they were subjected to. Mm -hmm. And I've read articles about like, okay, like doctors have, you know, of course, analyzed the movie and they were like, all right, you know, for, you know, this how taking a paint can to the face, this is what the, the average result of that is, yep. you know, going and through all that. Well, if you take a step back and you look at Forrest Gump and the amount of things that he was involved in, I mean, things that when you watch the movie, you might not necessarily pick up on like Watergate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, the Vietnam War. Um, I mean, he was a multimillionaire. He got in with Apple before anybody else got in with Apple. Um, all of those things. He was, he, literally like brought China and the US together via a ping pong match you yep. know things like that so that's actually a really good choice and it's super relative to what my favorite movie is in the sense of you know when you take a step back how intense those movies really are other than what But yet you, the you there's see. still comedic factors in Forrest Gump it's such a it's such a it is a funny movie. It covers all genres. And it's a very sad and deep, and there's dark parts of the movie it as well. It covers all genres. Yeah. All right, so that was one question. Um, no, I, I honestly, that, I that think was that's, it? that's, that's, that's all right, a good one. So I'm going to finish off with this because I mentioned it earlier, and I do this all the damn time. I say I'm going to cover something, and then I never do. Sure. Uh, because I just I don't write things down. We talked about college football, Roll some bowl tight. games. All right, so he's an Alabama fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a Notre Dame fan. So we got... Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame. You have Alabama beating Oklahoma. Obviously. Who do you have winning Clemson, Notre Dame? Um, not, I, not who you want. Who do you have? Clemson. I've got right. Clemson winning. And, and I, I, I don't want that to happen. You want Notre Dame to win because you think you could steamroll Notre Dame like you did years ago, right? Well, honestly, I'm growing to hate Clemson as much <laughs> as I hate Auburn. I really am. They are becoming basically your number one rival. They are. Because really for the are. last five years, that's that is what has been college football. Yep. All right, so it's Clemson, Alabama. You look at it on paper. You look at it and say, "Who's your winner?" Take take your bias out of it. Who's winning the national championship this year? I never make predictions on my own team. I can't do it. I'm a huge believer in karma. Okay. And I'm a huge believer in the fact that I can jinx just about anything. <laughs> So I will bet on any game. I will make predictions on any game. Except for that? As long as it has nothing to do with Alabama. All right. I'm going to make a prediction then. If it's Alabama-Clemson, Clemson Clemson has by far the best defensive line potentially ever in college football. Mm -hmm. All four of those guys are potentially – not potentially. They are first-round draft picks. If Tua can actually play an entire game Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I – don't think he's played an entire game all year. Maybe wrong. Hasn't had to. Hasn't had to a except lot for, of the time. Except for like one or two. Citadel might have been the one game he had to play the full game. Yeah. Um, I would say, and I hate it, because if I'm going to sit here, I'm going to bring my bias in. I'm going to go, Notre Dame's going to beat Clemson. And they're not going to beat Clemson, I don't think. And I've been wrong on so many things um, on this podcast, and that's why it's great, because it's my opinion. It's my two cents worth. Um, Alabama's going to win the national championship this year. I don't think – I think Clemson is going to have a hell of a game against them, but Alabama is going to win the national championship. Well, I hope so. Real time. And we're going to leave that at that. We we said we were going to talk about Christmas, but we can press pause if you want. You can go to the bathroom. Thomas has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I, let's press pause. We'll press I, I pause. I want to touch on a few Christmas topics. All right, we're going to press pause then.
All right, we're back. Sorry. Sorry I had to that. get the child, and then uh, Thomas had to go to the bathroom. No big deal. We're back. We're going to finish with Christmas and the holidays. So um, we are, as we're recording this, nine days away, but as it will be released, two days away. That's right. Any big Christmas plans? Um, no, just we're, we're doing, uh, I'm doing Christmas with the in-laws this year. So it's, okay. um, we did Thanksgiving with my family. This, uh, this time Christmas will be with my wife's family. Um, so my father-in-law owns his own business and he has, uh, every year he always has a big Christmas party. Uh, very generous man. Um, he owns a, like a business machine. So it's industrial copiers and printers and okay. things like that. And, uh, so all of his employees and their kids or grandkids, um, they have a big shop Christmas party. And Santa Claus comes to the party, and all the kids who are there get their own gifts. Um, oh, wow. So it's it's really awesome, um, something he's super passionate about, and he's done for as long as he's been in business. So uh, this year we're lucky enough to, to uh, get to take time off work and go um, to see Santa and be, you know, be a part of the Christmas party this year. Um, and then we'll do Christmas with my family the following weekend. Okay. So leading up to New Year's. Um, and we are actually going, uh, on a train ride through the Blue Ridge Mountains. That's cool. Um, so it's, you know, I, th- I don't know, I think it's like a five or six hour train ride. It, it comes with lunch and drinks. You buy a ticket and they feed yeah. you it and, um, you know, get you real thirsty and uh, all that stuff. And then you stop, we stop somewhere along the way in a little mountain town and get out for an hour or two and then back on the train. Um, so yeah, so those are the plans and, uh, you know, just, I mean, I, I love Christmas. Are you at the point, I mentioned this, uh, on one of my podcasts of <clears throat> to where you basically tell your wife what to get you because that's how Lindsay and I operate. It is. Here's what I want. You buy it. Pretend like I don't know. Vice versa. And then I'll throw in usually gifts that she didn't ask for that I yeah. know that I think I should get her or I, or I think that she would like. So I'm kind of the opposite. Okay. I I like that. My response is, um, what you know, when I'm asked what should I get you for Christmas, I, I'll go generic. I'm like, I don't know. I'll be fine. Just get me a sweater. You know? Because <laughs> I'm not... It, it it's almost sometimes I'm uncomfortable receiving gifts. Yeah. I I love giving gifts. Okay. It's a huge deal for me is giving gifts. And that's where I get my Christmas excitement is watching pe- other people open their gifts. Yeah. Whether it's from me or from somebody else, I just love watching people open their gifts. Um, I don't know if it's like, you know, obviously seeing the excitement in kids' faces. I, I have a nephew. He's five. Um, seeing the excitement in his face when he opens uh, his his presents, or if it's an adult opening a gift that they don't necessarily like and seeing <laughs> their face. So it's like, you know, both ends of the spectrum. Because it's like, you know, I'll sit back, and then I see the face that they make, and I go, oh, he does not mm-hmm. like that gift at all. So but I, here he goes acting like he likes that gift. I got a funny story about gifts and... Um... So my my brother's wife Chad, his wife Liz, um, we had her mom out to my parents' house one year, and I opened a present 
that I thought was for me because it was in my pile. We're at my parents' house, and it is a pair of flannel underwear. Ooh. Like flannel, like not like boxer briefs, and like flannel underwear. Like yeah, right, yeah. right in there. And <laughs> and what I hear is from Liz, that's from my mom. Mm. But what Liz really said was that's for my mom. So I have to react as if like Liz's mom just bought me a pair of fucking flannel, flannel I've never met this woman in my life and yet I have to act like yes this is exactly what oh, I wanted what a gift I, when I was like yeah. I'm like looking at it and I'm like and then she had she repeated it she's like no that's for my mom I was like mm. oh thank god I'm like Ooh. you <laughs> I immediately thought yeah immediately thought this lady just bought me flannel. I've never met you. What in a my way to life. get to know you, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Nice icebreaker. Yeah, yeah. I'd love for you to try them on. Let's bypass <laughs> all this BS. I'm jumping right in. Try those underwear on. So it's always great. Like you get the the person that gets to get. They're like, oh yeah. Oh, thanks. this is the best. I love the yeah, thanks. Oh, like gritting wow. their teeth. They're like, wow. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Thank. Th- thanks. Yeah. This is. Man, this is something else. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, well, I think that was all I was so, going to ask. So, well, here's another. I, if, actually, if, if you like uh, for Christmas, if you had anything that you, I've wanted. got another question for okay. you, and it and it's actually something that's uh, spinning off of. Uh, I can bench two seventy five. Nice. Oh, that's not what you want to know. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, it's spinning off of something work related, and it okay. was. Uh, you know, we, we had this, you know, big um, all organization meeting and we had our executive leadership team up there and it was essentially like, hey, let's play a game and let's put up a picture of a toy mm-hmm. and see who you can guess, you know, which executive, this is their favorite toy from, from when they were a kid. So, and it could be starting... Well, not this Christmas because yeah. we're not there yet. But last Christmas down to the uh, first Christmas that you can remember. What is your Oof. all-time favorite gift that and you've half, received? Half of them might actually be in this room. Like, So, like, nostalgic-wise, <clears throat> if you look over there, there's Hess trucks. Oh, gosh. Those are the best, man. So, a lot of my Which family... Which is insane that we got so much joy from... A gas station a toy. A gas station toy. Yeah. So, it, for those of you that might not know, Hess is a gas company and basically is in the Northeast, in the U.S. for me. Like, my, a lot of my family's from New Jersey, New York. Um, we don't have Hess stations down here. So, every Christmas, my one of my grandmothers used to get me the Hess trucks. And my parents kept them, and now my kids have them. So, now they're in the playroom here, and they're, I mean, basically in pristine condition. But... yeah. Every year, Hess would put out a toy, and my grandmother would go and buy that toy. And so that would, that's something cool. But like for me now, it's basically becoming um, what, for the last couple years, it is, so I have this Garmin watch on. Yeah. It is basically how, what's the most efficient way to track what I'm doing from a fitness perspective sure. or anything, because... As I'm getting older, you know, I'm not the 165-pound kid that went into college 15 years ago. I'm now the 193-pound dad of twos, 34, but still trying to get to that 185-pound body sure. or whatever, you know, this this image that I have in my head of what I should look like. 
the Garmin watch. People yeah. love the Apple watch. People will say, oh, Apple, I have this Garmin watch. It downloads golf courses for me, so it's a GPS for golf courses, nice. running, lifting, all these exercises. I've had this now for a year plus. Um, it's great. I like that. Well, I'm hoping to Dude, Santa, workout clothes, man. You can't beat it. Because I'm it. sitting in shorts and a... Comfies. And, and it's just nice. It's comfortable. I call them comfies. You, I think, and I'm going to assume something for you. I think you're a hat guy. Big hat guy. And I'm looking at that hat, and I really like that hat. Got I got to say the Whitewater Center. The pistol, U.S. National Whitewater pistol, Center. Pistol. What does that say? Hood River, Oregon? Yeah, in Oregon. It's a it's company a, based out of Oregon. It's a cool looking hat. Yeah. You mentioned hats earlier. Um, Big hat guy. Yeah. And actually, that's the direction that I'm taking grit to grain. It could. Is, uh, it's based off of you know woodworking and the passion of that. And it hopefully will end up being... Nothing related to woodworking, and it is a yeah. hat company. Hats, assless chaps, yeah. all that stuff. Well, those two run everything in between. Yeah, <laughs> everything in between. Custom really. hats, custom chaps, <laughs> no cheeks needed. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. So that I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I would say, and I'm looking like, and you know, getting nostalgic about it. But the Hess trucks are pretty cool. Um, you can never go wrong growing up with me. Give me a basketball, or uh, you know. Oh, Some sure. type Any of type, a football, uh, yeah. anything. Um, used to love like football equipment. Never played football in my life. Wasn't allowed to. Really? So my brother played, my oldest brother played college football. My other brother played throughout high school. And so then I'm the youngest and I was never allowed to play football. So like anytime I got something football related, I was like, it's nice. This like, nice. thank God the parents like fucking relaxed for a minute <laughs> yeah. and got me something I wanted. Uh, all right, so for you, what about you? Um, well, I'm hoping that this year Santa brings me an Apple Watch because my Apple Watch is at the bottom of Lake Hartwell. Um, so fingers crossed, I was good this year. I get the I get the Apple Watch, but I would say my favorite gift by far is when I was I was probably four or five years old. I. Yeah, this was at the time when the um, the uh, gosh, what were they called? The, I guess like the not Hot Wheels cars, but they were the life size Hot Wheels cars. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, big wheels cars, but it was like you you had like a Corvette or a Power Wheel. Power Wheels. Dude, we'll go it. down to my garage or, All right. after this. Yes. You'll see. I have a Chevy Silverado that these two nice. kids drive. Nice. All right, so it was that was I always wanted one of them. All right, so that was the thing. It was the Power Wheels car. So that year, um, like I said, it's four or five years old. Um, my sister got a um, Barbie car. Uh-huh, it was of course. the Power Wheels pink yep, Corvette. The Corvette. Um, and then obviously, one would think that I would get the red Corvette Power Wheels, <laughs> but no. Santa had something different in mind. I got a yellow a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> Not even Power Wheels brand, and um, I'm not a small, smaller guy. I've always been a little bit bigger, yeah. you know, bigger than most people my age. And this yellow Volkswagen Beetle was maybe built for a two-year-old, mm-hmm. and I was four. And I, I mean, you had to wedge me into this thing. And that particular Christmas, we had. There was toys and books and clothes everywhere. I mean, this was one of the best Christmases 
ever, you yep. know? Um, and looking back at the old, like, camcorder footage of, like, this Christmas, I mean, it was epic. And there was, you know, my, I think my, my dad actually got my mom a new camcorder. So she set that thing up on the tripod and was just f- filming everything possible. Um, so there was my sister driving around in this bright pink Barbie Corvette. And, you know, it's not obviously the, the, the camcorder is in one direction. Uh huh. So limited footage, right? So <laughs> it's, you know, my sister driving her Corvette off the screen. And you can hear this power wheels indoors, um, <laughs> you know, driving around. And I mean, these things are super loud. And then you just hear this massive crash off screen. You have no idea what happens. All the while, I'm sitting barely like fitting <laughs> into this fit yellow this Volkswagen Beetle. And the only thing that I cared about, the best Christmas gift that I ever got, was the VHS of Wizard of Oz. And it was the okay. very first time I'd ever seen it. It was in VHS. I was like, oh, what's this? Cool, I'll put it in. Captivated. I didn't it's care. It's a creepy-ass movie. I didn't care about anything else. I did not open any other gifts. I sat uncomfortably in that yellow Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> and, you watched and watched, watched the Wizard of Oz VHS from start to finish, and that was the only thing that I cared about. And I was sick that year, too, so I was, like, coughing and sneezing. But I have, my mom has footage of me watching all of Wizard of Oz, which you can't even see the TV. You can just see, it's just you, literally two hours of me sitting and... With your knees into your chest. With my knees into my chest, crammed into this yellow Volkswagen Beetle watching Wizard of Oz. And it, to this day, and, you know... Nothing against any of the gifts I've gotten since then. My favorite gift was a VHS tape of Wizard of, of Oz. Of Wizard of Oz, which a classic, but creepy. Yes. We watched it a couple months ago, maybe two months ago, and no one wanted to watch it. And I had to turn it off because I'm like, this kid's going to get nightmares from this movie. Yeah. Like, it is a creepy, creepy we, movie. We were built differently back then. Oh, than, yeah. Than kids these days. Oh, yeah. I think that's why we've got leather skin is because we watched yeah. Wizard of Oz. Leather skin, lungs of steel. Yeah. Yeah, I got Harrison, the two-year-old, right now watching YouTube of a guy that dresses up as a child and plays on playgrounds. In 20 years? And he makes more money than we do combined. In 20 years, we're going to look back on that and be like, that was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to think that Wizard of Oz, maybe it wasn't that bad. Yeah, and he loves it. I mean, <laughs> he is captivated right now. Look at the kid. Oh yeah, yep. he's into it. Done. He's and then the other it. one that just got home with mom, they went to the grocery store. So, um, I don't think I have anything else, man. I think that's it. I man. think we crushed it. Yeah, we did. We did. And I, I'll just say this, man. I think this is. Uh, I think this is awesome that this is your creative outlet. Yeah. And uh, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Like I said, I, I'm an avid listener. I listen to all the episodes, um, and I appreciate what you're doing, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on here. Um, you know, it's a chance for me to talk about stuff that i'll you know talk about in other settings but you know it's a it's a different audience and i hope that uh i hope people enjoyed it and thanks so much for having me on man i really do appreciate it thanks for coming i tell everybody all the time first rule talking to the microphone and then other than that be vulnerable have a conversation it doesn't matter remember like whatever i say whatever you say people will listen to and if they don't want to listen to it they're not going to listen to it that's okay um but I think you had a, a really good story, a great conversation. I appreciate you coming out. And again, in the new year, 2019, I think it's going to be a big year for you. We're talking about grit to grain. 
we'll get a website out, right? Put something together. Sure. Yep. Yeah, yep. we'll get another. We'll get this uh, coffee talk with what was the SNL skit? Do you remember the SNL skit with Mike Myers? Coffee talk with Linda or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get that together maybe, and maybe we turn it into a podcast. If I have my way, yeah, we'll turn it into a podcast. If you have your way about my <laughs> about my your idea, idea, I'll turn yeah. it into a podcast, and we'll um, yeah, I think 2019 is going to be a great year for you. I think it was a good good conversation to end the the 2018, the 2018, the, the uh, no, the year of 2018. I hope everybody has a great uh, holiday, Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Thank you for coming on. That was that was fun, man. I had a really good time. Yeah, I did too. Merry Christmas to everybody. And again, thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's an yeah. honor to be on the show. Good job, man. First podcast and you went an hour and a half. I know. And I hope I talked into the microphone the whole time. You said you, rule number one, talking to the microphone. Rule number one, talking to the microphone. You did it. I guess and we had a couple yeah. beers and we had a good time. Favorite Charlotte Brewery, real quick. Um... Old Mac. Old Mac, he did it. (laughs) He did it, people. I didn't tell him to do it. He did it himself. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a great Christmas, holiday, whatever. If you celebrate something else or you don't, that's up to you. I celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas.